From the great American Pacific Northwest, greetings and welcome, my friends, to this week's edition of the Parachronicle Almanac. I'm Jonathan Hawk. Well, we're super heavy on UFO news this week. We hear about a former U.S. intelligence director dropping hints at what might be in the upcoming UFO disclosure report, and his words may give you pause. And a related story, what keeps flying over U.S. military installations? A senator has concerns and wants our government to find answers or disclose if it's our own. If that's not enough, what's been harassing U.S. Navy vessels off the coast of California? We'll cover that and more coming right up. Now, before we get to the news, don't forget to like or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on or pass this podcast on to spread the word about our show. And we're always, always looking for stories from you, paranormal or otherwise. So give us a call on the Parachronicle hotline at 818-570-0126 if you'd like your story featured on a future episode. That's 818-570-0126. Save it to your contacts in case you... Well, one day may need it. You never know. Or you can always email at hawk at theparachronicle.com. That's H-A-W-K-E at theparachronicle.com. And on that note, let's dive right in. Well, we start off this week with an update to a story we've covered several times this uh, past uh, couple of months on the Parachronicle Almanac. So thanks to the Trump-era COVID relief bill, a UFO report may be soon public, and it'll be big an ex-official says. Last year's, and I don't get to say this word very often, gargantuan $2.3 trillion appropriations bill did a couple of very obvious things. It provided millions of Americans badly needed coronavirus relief aid, and it averted an impending government shutdown. It also dealt with UFOs. The legislation, which President Donald Trump signed into law, was a bureaucratic nesting doll that ran over 5,500 pages and contained the Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal year 2021, which itself carried an unusual provision in its committee comment section beneath the understated heading Advanced Aerial Threats. The stipulation mandates that the Director of National Intelligence work with the Secretary of Defense on a report detailing everything the government knows about unidentified flying objects, known in agency lingo as unidentified aerial phenomenon or anomalous aerial vehicles. It must be made public, and when it is, it will be big. Former Intelligence Director John Ratcliffe said in a recent interview, quote, frankly, there are a lot more sightings than have been made public, Ratcliffe told Fox News host Maria Bartiromo on Friday. The report must include detailed analysis of unidentified aerial phenomenon data and intelligence gathered by the Office of Naval Intelligence, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, and the FBI, the provision reads. It also calls for a detailed description of an interagency process that will ensure that data can be gathered and analyzed across the federal government. The report could document sightings from all over the world, Radcliffe said. There are instances where we don't have good explanations for some of the things that we've seen, he added. And when that information becomes declassified, I'll be able to talk a little bit more about that. That time could be coming soon. When Trump approved the spending package on December 27th, a 180-day countdown began, giving intelligence officials until June to deliver lawmakers their write-up. However, two factors might delay the report's release. Agencies have missed similar congressional reporting deadlines in the past, and the provision is not technically binding, as the language was included in the Senate Intelligence Committee's report on the bill, not the bill itself. 
In other words, it isn't statute, but the agencies and departments generally treat report language as bill language, said one senior Senate aide familiar with the legislation. The office of Senator Mark Warner, a Democrat from Virginia, chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, declined to comment on the UFO report. A spokesperson for the intelligence director's office said, we have nothing to offer. Well, Radcliffe's pronouncement comes months after the Pentagon released three grainy videos of UFOs recorded by U.S. Navy pilots using infrared cameras. The footage shows the objects moving rapidly across the screen. Quote, my gosh, one pilot remarks. The videos have been circulating for years, but the Defense Department move gave them further credibility. Former Senator Harry Reid, a Democrat of Nevada, a longtime backer of UFO research, said then that the footage only scratches the surface of research and materials available. Quote, the U.S. needs to take a serious scientific look at this and any potential national security implications, he said. The American people deserve to be informed. The increasingly vocal crowd of space watchers is eagerly awaiting the forthcoming intelligence agency report. Some of them say that studying UFOs is essential to the country's security. In a July interview with Miami CBS4 News, Senator Marco Rubio, Republican from Florida, vice chair of the Intelligence Committee, said the prospect that something otherworldly is behind the flying objects does not concern him as much as the idea that a U.S. adversary could be making secret technological advances. Quote, the bottom line is if there are things flying over your military bases and you don't know what they are because they aren't yours and they are exhibiting potentially technologies that you don't have at your own disposal, that to me is a national security risk and one that we should be looking into, Rubio said. Others have argued that the research has been equated with claims of extraterrestrial life and unfairly written off as kooky science fiction. In the Fox News interview, Radcliffe described the sightings this way, quote, We are talking about objects that have been seen by Navy or Air Force pilots or have been picked up by satellite imagery that frankly engage in actions that are difficult to explain, movements that are hard to replicate, that we don't have the technology for, or are traveling at speeds that exceed the sound barrier without a sonic boom. There's actually quite a few of those, he added, and I think that the information is being gathered and will be put out in the way that the American people can see. Christopher Mellon, a former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence, applauded Ratcliffe's disclosure. Mellon, who now works with former Blink-182 frontman Tom DeLonge's To The Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, called it an important and noteworthy admission. One measure of the level of anticipation surrounding the report can be found on the Twitter account of Luis Elizondo, an ex-intelligence officer who also works at the To The Stars Academy. Last month, Elizondo asked his followers for the top three things you would like the 180-day report to address or say. He received more than 150 replies. Well, thank you for the overwhelming response to my question, he wrote. Another example of how you all are changing the landscape. Well, in speaking of Marco Rubio from that last story, there are UFOs flying over U.S. military bases and the government has no clue what they are, says Rubio. This from TMZ via The Blaze. Republican Senator Marco Rubio from Florida indicated on Monday that there have been several instances in which unidentified aircraft have flown directly over U.S. military bases and the government still has no clue what they were or who was operating them. Quote, there's stuff flying over military installations and no one knows 
what it is and it isn't ours, Rubio, who sits on the Senate Intelligence Committee, told TMZ in an impromptu interview at Reagan National Airport in Arlington, Virginia. So for me, that's logical that you'd want to know what that is, the senator continued. I mean, it's common sense, right? If stuff is flying over the top of your most sensitive installations and it's not ours and no one knows whose it is, you should find out what it is and tell us. He went on to add that there could be a logical explanation, but it's just that at this point, nobody knows. Maybe it's another country, and that would also be bad news too, he said. In its report on the interview, TMZ said, quote, our intent was a lighthearted convo, but Rubio got dead ass serious about the potential danger the US faces from unidentified aircraft flying over our military installations. Well, the Senator's concern likely comports with that of most Americans after finding out the government knows about quite a few more instances of unexplained aerial phenomenon than previously understood. That information, however, is set to be shared with the public at some point before the end of summer. And as we reported at the top, former President Donald Trump signed legislation into law in December that forces U.S. spy agencies and the Pentagon to disclose what they know about UFOs to the Senate Intelligence and Armed Services Committees within 180 days. Last Friday, former Director of National Intelligence John Radcliffe previewed the forthcoming report by confirming that, quote, there are a lot more sightings that have been previously made public. As the story at the top noted. He noted that officials have tried to find a plausible solution for the UFO sightings, but admitted there are instances where we don't have good explanations for some of the things we've seen. Talk of UFO sightings has been all over the news lately, especially since Pentagon announced it had formed a task force to investigate documented instances of unidentified aerial phenomenon. That announcement followed the Defense Department's verification of the authenticity of three videos showing encounters between military pilots and UFOs. And having said that, this next story is super interesting. From the New York Post, UFOs harassed US warships off of California, according to a report. Mysterious flying objects repeatedly harassed three U.S. warships off the coast of California in 2019, at one point matching the speed and bearing of one destroyer for 90 minutes, according to newly released details from the ship's logs. The unidentified crafts, described in the logs as unmanned aerial vehicles, buzzed three destroyers for several days, according to the records obtained by the news site The Drive through a U.S. Freedom of Information Act. As many as six of the drones swarmed around the USS Kidd, USS Rafael Peralta, and USS John Finn over several days in July 2019, at times performing brazen maneuvers, the report said. One of the ship's log entries from July 14, 2019 reads, Kidd reported UAV overhead. White light identified hovering over ship's flight deck, said another entry. Two UAVs spotted over the starboard wing, the Rafael Peralta log read, following by another entry six minutes later, four UAVs spotted over the starboard bridge. The naval vessels, which are equipped with sensors, radar, thermal imaging, and electro-optical systems, were nonetheless unable to track the drones when they disappeared. On July 15, 2019, the ships contacted the cruise ship Carnival Imagination, which was sailing nearby, to determine if the crafts were from there. The crew of the cruise ship said not only were the drones not theirs, but could see five or six of them flying around the Navy destroyers, Forbes said in a report. The sightings took place while the warships were engaged in military exercises about 100 
100 miles off the coast of Los Angeles, well beyond the range of commercial drones. The incident prompted an investigation by the Navy, Coast Guard, FBI, and other agencies, Forbes said, but failed to come up with an answer. Details of the mysterious incident were first reported by Dave Beatty, who posted about it on Twitter in June of last year, Forbes said. The revelation is just the latest report of unexplained crafts buzzing around the sky. In a report earlier this month, a former national intelligence official said a forthcoming government report will reveal difficult-to-explain evidence surrounding UFO sightings, including that they have been known to break the sound barrier with a sonic without a sonic boom. And that, of course, is referring to Radcliffe from our previous two stories. Last month, the FBI confirmed that it had received a report from an American Airlines pilot who reported a long cylindrical object over New Mexico at 37,000 feet. And in 2019, reports surfaced of a similar incident in 2004 involving the USS Princeton off the coast of California, really in the same area, with the Navy allegedly trying to delete the details. Now, I have to say, I'm a big believer in synchronicity. I don't always believe coincidence is just luck or happenstance. Maybe sometimes, but not always. I took a long break from exploring the unknown, and around this time last year, I started uh, to think about starting a podcast. And from my perspective, and only my perspective, I find it uh, aligned, perhaps, that within the first month of starting this podcast last December, the UFO disclosure deadline emerges from Congress, uh, followed by more cryptic messages from those on the inside, including Ratcliffe, or formerly on the inside, and from our listener last week seeing objects uh, over Carson City to the UFO sighting, as mentioned in this last article, over New Mexico a couple of weeks ago, it certainly feels like things are heating up when it comes to UFOs, disclosure, what the government does and does not know. And so I have to ask, is 2021 finally the year we learn what's going on? Or do they, the governments of the world, do they even know? which is perhaps even more frightening. Actually, I don't know what's more frightening, whether they know or don't know. I don't know what would be more scary, I, I, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyway, Art Bell, wherever you are, we're keeping an eye on things for you while you're exploring the heavens, both myself and many, 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 many others. So Lord only knows what you think about all this. I know I don't know what to think about all this. And finishing off on a somewhat more terrestrial note, though not really, actually, from the Yakima Herald, part of Wright Brothers' first airplane is on NASA's Mars chopper. This from Cape Canaveral, Florida. A piece of the Wright Brothers' first airplane is on Mars. NASA's experimental Martian helicopter holds a small swatch of fabric from the 1903 Wright Flyer, the space agency revealed Tuesday. The helicopter, named Ingenuity, hitched a ride on the Red Planet with the Perseverance rover arriving last month. Ingenuity will attempt the first powered controlled flight on another planet no sooner than April 8th. It will mark a Wright Brothers moment, noted Bobby Braun, director of planetary science at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. The Carillon Historic Park in Dayton, Ohio, the Wright's hometown, donated the postage-sized piece of muslin from the plane's bottom left wing at NASA's request. The swatch made the 300 million mile journey to Mars with the blessing of the Wright brothers' great-grandniece and great-grandnephew, said park curator Steve Looked. Wilbur and Orville Wright would be pleased to know that a little piece of their 1903 Wright Flyer 1, the machine that launched the space age by barely one quarter of a mile, is going to soar into history again on Mars. 
Orville Wright was on board for the world's first powered controlled flight on December 17, 1903 at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. The brothers took turns making four flights that day. A fragment of Wright Flyer wood and fabric flew to the moon with Apollo 11's Neil Armstrong in 1969. A swatch also accompanied John Glenn into orbit aboard Space Shuttle Discovery in 1998. Both astronauts were from Ohio. NASA's four-pound helicopter will attempt to rise 10 feet into the extremely thin Martian air on its first hop. Up to five increasingly higher and longer flights are planned over the course of a month. The material is taped to a cable beneath the helicopter's solar panel, which is perched on top of a graduate's mortarboard. For now, ingenuity remains attached to the rover's belly. A protective shield dropped away over the weekend, exposing the spindly, long-legged chopper. The helicopter airfield is right next to the rover's landing site of Jezero Crater. The rover will observe the test flights from a distant perch before driving away to pursue its own mission, hunting for signs of ancient Martian life. Rock samples will be set aside for an eventual return to Earth later this decade. Well, that's it. That's all I've got for this week. Don't forget to reach out if you see something unusual in the sky or someplace else, or if you have an interesting story to tell. You can call our hotline at 818-570-0126 or find us at www.theparachronicle.com. And as always, please like or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on or pass this podcast on to spread the word about our little show here. And until next time, keep your eyes to the sky. And know that here on Earth, and in the universe, we are not alone. For the Parachronicle Almanac, I'm Jonathan Hawke.